Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on a Friday, March 1st. Yes, this is March. Madness right around the corner. You're listening to the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU Hoops, who have the Capital City Classic tomorrow, six miles away, over in Henrico against the Richmond Spiders. And you can hear it all right here on 910 The Fan. Joining us right now from BetMGM tonight, telling us all what to gamble on this weekend. It's our buddy, Mr. Hollywood, Nick Ashu. What's going on, Nick? How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, man. Uh, I know you and I both had a great time in Vegas. We had so much fun, we didn't even get to hang out. <laughs> you know, i got to be honest with you. Nobody should spend a week in Vegas, especially somebody <laughs> that's over 30 like me. So, yeah, it was uh, by like midway through the week, I was like, I'm going to bed early. I can't do this anymore. I did have I, at least a couple of, uh, let's just say, coworkers, if you will. I won't call them out by name, that love staying out all night playing poker. And it's like... We're talking like 6.30 in the morning walking in. There's just no chance I'm doing that. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the one thing I didn't love about the trip is that because of the time difference, my show started at 9 a.m., which means I had to get up at 6.30 or 7, uh, and it just made it impossible to have the late-night activities that I wanted to. Uh, but here we are. It's March 1st. Conference tournaments are right around the corner. Have you looked into betting NCAA conference tournaments yet? Yeah, I mean, you know what? I'll be honest with you, man. I'm really, really worried about this March. And I'm worried about the tournament and the conference tournament. This has been one of the most obnoxious, frustrating college basketball seasons to bet on. And, like, people talk about the NBA, right? I'd say the NBA is pretty down. I love props, and I just dig in on NBA props every night, so I don't feel the same way as a lot of other people do. But this college basketball season is so massively unpredictable. I mean, if, I'm, if there's one team that I look at that I would at least say keep an eye on for not only a run in March, as in, you know, the real tournament, but also in their conference tournament. I, I really like Iowa State, man. Iowa State is, is a team that can make some noise in that Big 12 tournament if you're looking for somebody, you know, other than a favorite right now sitting there with Houston. But, like, that that's one team I would probably at least look at and consider because if there's ever a year where we're going to have upsets, and, you like, you know, right, we always have, like, the if you go to, you go to, you know, beyond this and we go to, like, the – the actual tournament, and you got the five twelve matchups. There's always one upset. People always try to find that. Like this is the year where some long shots really have an opportunity, not just in games, but in you know tournaments and making runs in the big tournament as well. So uh, I'm I'm more nervous about it's going to be like it's going to be exciting from a fan's perspective, right? I'm a sports fan first that also likes to bet on games, but betting wise, I think it's going to be massively frustrating. I, I'm with you, and uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I do think this is a year where uh, you know take a shot on, on a couple long shots, but the uh, the ACC, the Atlantic Coast Conference tournament, will be right in your backyard there from Capital One Arena in Washington D.C. And, and a couple weeks ago, I already said I like Clemson to win the ACC tournament this year because P.J. Hall down low is the only big guy in the conference who I believe can defend Armando Baycott of UNC. But now Clemson's got hot. They've won three in a row, and they're not going to be a long shot anymore. They're going to probably be the four seed. Look at you. You've become such a college basketball junkie. I love it. Have you forgotten your commander's roots here? No. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, listen. I mean, right now North Carolina's playing the best basketball out of the bunch in that conference. But, like, you always wonder, like, is, is UNC ever going to regress to, like, you know it's been nothing but ebbs and flows, right, with Hubert Davis 
they get to a national title game and then you're watching them wonder if they're going to make the tournament. Even this year, there were some, some of those ups and downs. Right now, so my biggest thing for these like one-and-out types of tournaments, right? and I also include the NFL playoffs in this to a point as well because it's one game, right? One game you lose, you're out. That, that's how it goes. Is How do teams look heading into that specific tournament, right? So when you're talking about a hot team like Clemson, you're looking at a team that's found that rhythm and is in a great spot at just the right time, almost in that, that like that winning mindset, that under-pressure mindset. I mean, go back to the Nationals years ago, right? I always use this as an example. I mean, when they won the World Series, everybody loved to talk about, right? 19-31 and 31 in May, they're in playoff mode the rest of the season. They go on to win the World Series. I mean, the Giants, when they won their two Super Bowls with Eli Manning, they were six seeds. So it's like those teams all got hot at just the right time and were kind of in that playoff mindset, that under-pressure mindset. So I don't think you're crazy, especially, like I said again, in, an, in, a, in a March, both conference tournaments and NCAA tournaments, they're probably going to have some wild upsets. Yeah, and speaking of the playoffs, the NBA playoffs are just a few months away, and I have placed a parlay. I want to get your thoughts on it and maybe shoot back one that you would be interested in to not pick your NBA champion, but who will face off in the finers? finals? Your Eastern Conference and Western Conference winners. I'm going with the Nuggets against the Milwaukee Bucks. What do you think about that? Uh, I don't trust the Bucks because of Doc Rivers. It's just that simple. You know, we were talking last night on BetMGM tonight and kind of doing our, like, confidence tiers on teams in the Eastern Conference, and it was Boston, and then I kind of went, well, Milwaukee, because you've got Giannis and Dame, if they can kind of really get a little more of a rhythm, Dame's a little more comfortable, and, we know, and then I went, oh, God, but there's Doc Rivers, and there's that whole thing that we got to deal with. And then as I started actually thinking about it more and more, and I actually bet this last night, the Miami Heat made the NBA Finals last year and they are playing great basketball, despite the way things at least started off against Denver last night for them. The Miami Heat are playing the best basketball they have this entire season. And defensively, they are elite right now. In fact, the last five games heading into last night, they were number two in the NBA in defensive efficiency. Scoring has been an issue with them, but they've dealt with some injuries. You add Terry Rozier, who's supposed to be that spark plug scorer off the bench for you. Tyler Hero, if he's healthy, you know, once playoff time comes. Jimmy Butler turns it up. We know this time of year, and he already has and beyond. Bam Adebayo is playing great basketball. The Miami Heat this year are better than the team that made the NBA Finals last year. I bet them at 15-1 to to win the East last night. I, just because that, that number is only going to shrink if they continue to play the way that they're playing. So the value of it is there right now because you got to kind of find that team that gets in, like you said, right? We're, we're talking about teams that are getting hot at just the right time. Miami's figured it out. They know how, as long as we can get into the playoffs at a decent spot, last year was probably not the best when they didn't want the play-in tournament, right? They, they get, if, they, if they focus on the playoffs, the Warriors in their prime were like that. The Nuggets, I'd argue, were even like that this year. It's much more about how you play once you get to the postseason and just have a good spot. I think Miami right now, it's Boston, Miami in the East, and everybody else is below them because Joel Embiid, if he does come back for the Sixers, I I don't know what he's going to look like. Is he really going to be healthy enough to play? We have no idea. You know, I, I really don't hate the the Heat bet as as well. Look, uh, the Boston Celtics are obviously the favorite. I'm staying away with them uh, away from them because I just feel like before the finals, Kristaps Porzingis will get hurt. I feel strongly yeah. that he's not going to stay healthy. <laughs> I I really like the Bucks, and I understand your point about Doc Rivers. Um, but Doc Rivers didn't have Damian Lillard before, who I think you know I, I really liked that conversation after the All Star game where Shaq said, "Look, at the end of the year, you and Giannis are going to be blamed for this. You need to take responsibility for making a run this year." So I personally like the Bucks, but you're right. Outside of them, I don't like. 
I do not like the Knicks at all. I think Cleveland's not yeah. ready to make a run this season, so Miami is the other option outside of Philly. Uh, but you're right about you know Embiid. We just don't know. Western Conference, give us your thoughts. Western Conference is it's the Denver Nuggets and everybody else. And again, like I said, they're they're in that spot more where they're turning it up for the playoffs. That that's the most important thing. Get in there, get healthy, keep a good rhythm. They don't want the number one seed. It's the younger teams that haven't been there yet that have something to prove that want the number one seed. Like the Jazz years ago were that when they had Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and then they flamed out in the playoffs every year. That's Minnesota. That's Oklahoma City this year. Having the one or two seed and getting the best possible matchup you can in the first round matters to those younger teams more. But when you talk about Cleveland not being ready, and I totally agree. This is exactly something I've been saying about them. Super talented. I think last year they really let us down in the playoffs. So you think maybe they could take that next step this year, but we're not ready to crown them because we haven't actually seen it, right? You're always cautious with that. It's the same thing with the Timberwolves and the Thunder. Really talented teams. Minnesota's finally achieved what people have been waiting for for years with all the talent on that roster. Oklahoma City, I love them coming into the season, but I thought they were like a 5 or a 6 seed. They've exceeded expectations. But when you playoffs, it's different. It's a much more physical game. It's officiated differently. Uh, there's a lot more pressure. And I can understand if you're a young team with the, hey, we have no pressure on us because, no, no, it, it doesn't work that way. We've watched Young teams do not advance far in the playoffs. It takes a few years for them to mature, develop, and gain that experience. So for me, it's all about Denver. The wild card here, though, is the Clippers. Now, despite that 21-point blown lead against the Lakers, it's one game of the regular season. They didn't have Paul George. That's really important. His knee is an issue, this meniscus issue. So that's the one thing to keep an eye on. But if they are healthy going to the playoffs, there are a team that's kind of understood what their role is, including all three of the stars. James Harden, we know what he does in the playoffs. He's an absolute roller coaster. But if you have Paul George and you have, we know what Kawhi does in the playoffs, that team can make up for the deficiencies from James Harden. So the Clippers are the team I think that can give the Nuggets a run for their money. The Clippers' biggest issue is they're not good against teams that have a lot of length. They get pushed around because they don't have a lot inside. But that's been something that's been a matchup issue for them all year. Always appreciate you taking the time, Nick. Lastly, are, are you placing any bets, or can you place any bets right now about the NFL draft? Uh, you know what? I am really tempted. So, well, one, I'm looking at, like, the two, three matchups. I might just bet, like, Drake made to go number two and Drake made to go number three, and then the same thing with Jaden Daniels. But, like, <laughs> I've got to do the math and kind of hedge it out and see what actually is going to work where I can actually do something with it. The bigger one to at least, like, think about, I haven't placed this bet, but I'm – I know it's lying season, but you can get Caleb Williams to go no, – or no, sorry, the Bears to draft number one overall, which is like minus 10,000. Don't touch that, obviously. Or the field at plus 510. So basically, you bet $10, you win 51 if that's the case. And you at least sit there and think of go, could a team offer enough to trade up to number one? Because now you're hearing everybody's loving Jaden Daniels, which again – everybody there's narratives be careful what you believe here but it's at least something to sit there and think about i think the draft starts at number five though we know the three quarterbacks will go likely one through three you're gonna have marvin harrison jr go number four and then at five with the chargers barring it obviously and i think there could be a bunch of trades in this draft because teams are deaf for all of the talent that's there i think the draft really starts at number five and that's where it starts to get interesting that's nick ashu check him out on bet mgm tonight thanks a lot nick yeah buddy anytime Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Don't go anywhere. It's play to win when we return. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. 
here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, new rule on 910 The Fan. On Fridays, we roll. And, Stubb, I did not like Michael Phillips kind of taking shots at my bowling game. He feels very confident that he's going to come in here and win the rematch. And big, I don't like that. It's big talk for someone who's 0-1. Yeah, big talk for someone that rolls a six-pound ball also. You know, my <laughs> sister rolls harder than him. I'm serious. My sister, I mean, I'm not doing a bit. My sister no, I, rolls harder than Michael Phillips. No, it is harder to, to find a, a ball that is lighter than six pounds, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they make them. Every time I tell the story, it gets lighter. Next time, yeah, he's rolling a four-pound bowl like a baby, <laughs> you know. But I can't wait for Michael to uh, come over here and have to chug a shot of Tabasco once again as I remain undefeated, never lost in challenges lost. here at River City Roll. I know you've been trying to get out here and play me as well. I right? have been, yeah. Anytime, anytime it works out, I'd love to. All right. Well, maybe, uh, maybe tomorrow night. If let's say this: if VCU defeats the Richmond Spiders, I will come to River City Roll Saturday night for a victory beer, and I will challenge you and all your boys in bowling if they want. All right, I'll see. I, I know a couple of them are busy this weekend, so it might just okay. be me. I might not even be available. I'll let what, you know. What are your weekend plans? Anything I'm, cool? I'm headed up to Farmville. I'm going to watch the Longwood basketball game. My buddies, uh, it's it'll be his last game with them up there, so going to awesome. go check it out. Who are they playing against? Do you know? Uh, I don't. Doesn't remember. matter. They won't <laughs> lose, right? <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now it is time for play to win. So first, play to win is a podcast that I did in Washington D.C. It was my first chance to ever get on the radio on fifteen eighty a.m. and we continued it as a podcast. And uh, of course, when I moved to Richmond, it, we ended the podcast with my guys. Brian Lawrence, uh, Jeff Gilly, Andrew Passaro, Kevin Minetti. And so we wanted to bring the podcast back as a segment on the show where we honor the best sports highlights of the week. Buzzer beaters, game winners, great sound bites, and more on Play to Win. Alright, let's play to win, Stub. Alright, I think I'm going to lead things off here with uh, my favorite voice line of the week. DeRozan fires it up. Bam! What a shot! Debo for three in front of the Cavalier bench. <laughs> I'm not as <laughs> familiar with the NBA commentators, but I feel like I've pulled this guy a couple times. Well, yeah. I mean, the DeMar DeRozan is always hitting big shots. He's always done that throughout his career in the NBA. It hasn't changed uh, now that he's there in Chicago. And uh, the Bulls are not a great team this year, but they they have hit a few buzzer beaters. Yeah. All right. Uh, next, I'm going to go with the sore loser of the week. Now, they didn't do anything this week, but I don't know if you saw a viral in about December. Uh, Kyle Kuzma tweeted out in response to the Pistons losing a game. At this point, it's just don't be that team. And uh, they they are that team now. They have more losses than the Pistons. Yeah, you're right about that. I, I thought there was going to be an audio component to go with no, this. No, no. Yeah, the, the the Detroit Pistons are nine and forty nine. The Wizards are now nine and fifty. Uh, but I have no problem with that. 
The plan was to tank this year and not win games. Now, I didn't want them to be this bad where <laughs> they don't even have double-digit victories, uh, but I will say I think there are some bright spots. Denny Obdia is playing some really good true. basketball. Jordan Poole, since he moved to the bench, has played better. He had 34 in the loss last night to the Lakers. Corey Kispert has come on strong hitting three. So, so the Wizards are losers, but I don't know if they're the sore losers of the week. Fair enough. All right. This one's a double one where I'm going to have the big play performer of the week as well as the game-winning moment of the week in this one clip here. Two seconds left. The Cavs are out of timeouts. They have to go 94 feet. Struess from midcourt. Oh! Do you believe this? Just an incredible fourth quarter to bring them back and then that buzzer beater. A lot of buzzer beaters to pick from uh, this week. Absolutely, and I, I was watching that game. Look, Max Struess was a big part of the Miami Heat making it to the finals last year, and uh, Cleveland went out and grabbed him, and uh, it's not like he's had an incredible season, but that was an incredible game, as he just could not be stopped there in the fourth quarter. He was jacking up threes left and right, and they were falling, nothing but net, as this is a Cleveland team that is really good this year. They're first in the Central Division, 38-20. and 20. Struess on the year has played 58 games. He's only averaging 12 points a game, but it's been his three-point shooting, uh, which is why they got after him or went out to get him in the offseason, and it's why he was really good in that win the other night uh, in which he was 70% from the three-point line and on the season has been 37% from three. All right, here's the sports smile of the week. Well, now it's official. The Queens of Castle... The queens of the ACC as well, Virginia Tech clinching at least a share of their first regular season title. Kitley picking up a big win at home for her last game with Virginia Tech. Made me happy. Yeah, I'm just disappointed that they lost last night. Yes, it was um, a tough one. Yeah, I mean, so uh, they've got one more game on their schedule, can bounce back on the road at Virginia. Uh, it's not going to be the easy game, though. Coach Mox and UVA have been playing uh, better basketball as of late. They're not having a good season. They're 14-14 and 14 and 10th place in the ACC, uh, but have won four of their last six games, and one of them a big win on the road over number 20 Louisville. So it's not going to be an easy game for Virginia Tech to close out their season. That game's coming up, I believe, this Sunday. Uh, but they should be able to win that game because, look, they have – aspirations to win the ACC regular season and the ACC title before another <laughs> deep run in the NCAA tournament. Absolutely. And now we're going to finish out here with my buzzer beater of the week. For Hunter McIntosh. No timeouts for the Rams. Lucas fires for the win. Going to Nevada for that one. I had, I had three to choose from, but that was a half-court buzzer beater. Got to give it to Nevada. No, that was a good one, and overall, a decent play to win. Um, but I think you played to lose by not putting VCU in the play to win this week. They had two wins this week. Joe Bamisil went off in the homecoming game and then had another great game after that. He just hasn't missed a shot, it seems like, in the last two weeks, as it will be Rams against Spiders this Saturday 
from the Robin Center. And uh, this is two wins in a row for VCU, and they still have a chance to get up towards the top of the A-10. They will lock in a top-four seed with one more win, so the magic number is one. But they're also just a game behind Loyola, Chicago, and Dayton, who face off tonight on ESPN2. Number 21, Dayton at Loyola, Chicago, in a critical 2-3 matchup in the A-10. Hey, fair enough there. I, I, I did mess on VCU. I think uh, last Tuesday's game was still rattling in my mind, bringing them down, but that's fair. You ready to hear the clip? I am. Let's roll it. Jones, shoot, save, rebound, save. Oh, look out to break it. Ahead for guess who? Patrick Kane. He's in. He scores. Back to Pacioretty. His shot, he scores. Max Pacioretty keeps it low. Gets it through Forsberg. It's another. LaPierre coming. He's got help with him. Across to Sandine. Back to LaPierre, and he scores. His second goal of the game. Jokic has it inside the arc, hands it off to Murray, here's the three. Got it! Lillard lobs up to Giannis with a reverse dunk. Alley feed Dame to the freak who finishes with a reverse jam and the Bucks have their largest lead. DeRozan fires it up. Bam! What a shot! Debo for three in front of the Cavalier bench. Wraparound pass deflected, taken in by Josh Green. He'll drive and throw it back out to an open Washington for three. Short. Look at the offensive rebound, the stick back, and the triple double. Two seconds left. The Cavs are out of timeout. They have to go 94 feet. Struis from midcourt. Oh! Do you believe this? Barristow, a three in the near corner. Yes, sir! To Damasil. Damasil takes the three. Takes the three. You know what happened. Edwards into the paint. Lost the ball. Gets it back. Pump fake. Shot rolls around. He gets the benefit of the roll. Well, now it's official. The Queens of Castle. The Queens of the ACC as well. Virginia Tech clinching at least a share of their first regular season title. Shepard got it! He hits it. There are no seconds left on the clock. Is that going to be it? For Hunter McIntyre. No timeouts for the Rams. Lucas fires. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to A Water Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Hey, Stubb, uh, we haven't had a chance to do Netflix yet today, but I did just read that a kick-ass reboot trilogy is coming out with the same director. Uh, I think it's going to be awesome. I'm reading that the first movie will be called School Fight. Maybe you can read up on that so we can discuss it next week because I think Kick-Ass is one of my favorite movies. Like I'm just, I was so entertained by that. At that point, there will be more reboot movies than originals if they're yeah, doing I know. a trilogy. I know, right? Uh, they just they do need to bring back Nick Cage's character, though, because he, be- he was the reason the first movie was so yeah, good. I've only seen the first one. I haven't checked out the second yet, but it's it's a good one. 
Second one's not really worth watching, to okay. be honest. Okay. Uh, but also the first one had McLovin, right, as the villain. Yes, it did. So, it had McLovin. So people sleep on that. <laughs> um, so maybe we can do a Netflix early next week and catch up on the latest from Hollywood and entertainment. But right now it's time for the Commander's Corner here on AWOD Radio. And joining us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, talk a little Washington Commanders. Here on Richmond's home for the Commanders, it's David Harrison. What's going on, David? Hey, what's up, man? How you been? I'm doing pretty good here. Uh, which of the quarterbacks impressed you the most this week? Uh, I think I came away from the interviews most impressed by Drake May. Uh, to be honest with you, I think, I think he handled himself really well, very comfortable talking uh, to a massive amount of people who are trying to find anything and everything they can about him in a very short period of time. And, uh, you know, he just kind of flowed with the questions, and, and I don't think that there was – you know anybody or any one question that kind of seemed like it took a by surprise or or anything like that, and just kind of seemed very comfortable in his own skin. And I and I thought that was uh, was really impressive. I, I I agree with you there. What did you make about Josh Harris sitting in to be part of those interviews? We didn't you know report that he was asking questions, but he's sitting in right. on it. And some people thought that was a red flag. I have no problem with it. What did you think? Yeah, I don't have an issue with it. I think it's it's one of those things where. Uh, it's not a problem until it's a problem, and as of right now, it's not a problem, you know. And and the the big thing about uh, the questions today with the quarterbacks is every single quarterback that was asked about their conversations with Washington, you know, some of them were a little bit general, uh, you know, like Michael Penix Jr. kind of kept in general and just talked about really all of his meetings in, in kind of one lump sum. But then you know other guys like Jaden Daniels, you know, talked about you know this coach and that coach and specifically talking to this guy and that guy, and, and not a single one of them said, yeah, you know, Josh Harris asked me you know, what I think a good owner would look like or something like that. So I think that, you know, while it's not necessarily, you know, con- confirmation, I guess, that uh, Josh Harris is not in there, you know, grilling these guys, I think we're, we're all fairly confident that uh, Josh is in there uh, just kind of overseeing the process. And, you know, he's, he's the owner of the franchise, so there, there's, no, there's no problem with that. Yeah, and it is, you know, such an important offseason. They're going to select a quarterback that hopefully will be the face of the franchise for the next 10 or 15 years. It's David Harrison from Locked On Commanders with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio, and we do have breaking news here on The Fan. Mm-hmm. Breaking news on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, powered by Odyssey, is brought to you by BetQL. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network reports the Commanders have informed starting left tackle Charles Leno that they are replacing, re- releasing him. Sources said he is scheduled for hip surgery next week. The Commanders have informed starting left tackle Charles Leno that they are releasing him. Uh, David, I don't mind this move at all. I wasn't a big fan of Charles Leno on the field. Great guy off the field, just didn't think he did enough at left tackle. Yeah, the, you know, the big question is, you know, how do they go about replacing him now? And, and that's going to be what they have to address this offseason. Uh, there's obviously, there's no, you know, clear person to put in that left tackle spot on the current 2024 roster. So, you know, are they going to address this in free agency? And where, where I personally, I, I view the interior offensive line group of free agents being stronger than the veterans, but you do have some veteran uh, offensive tackle that you could potentially put in there. And then maybe that allows you to be a little bit more flexible on when you draft that young left tackle. Uh, somewhere else and develop him behind that veteran if you need to. But I think bottom line, regardless of whether they kept Charles, whether they go sign another veteran, you got to you got to get yourself a, a young left tackle somewhere in the NFL draft to either plug and play or to develop. So 
you know, it, it's going to be interesting. And it's just one of those questions that has to be answered. Uh, you would think in some way, shape, or form, because teams, all, all they want to do is make sure that other teams don't know what they're doing, uh, especially in the first round of the NFL draft. So if you go in there with no new additions to your left tackle spot before April, then everybody's going to know you're basically coming into the draft needing a left tackle uh, incredibly early, and that's going to kind of give an advantage on when to jump you and whether or not they want to. So if you look at the commander's depth chart right now, Charles Leno, starting left tackle, he was just released. Uh, Sadiq Charles, left guard. Nick Gates or Tyler Larson at center. Andrew Wiley, right tackle. Sam Cosme, right guard. Would you argue yeah. Sam Cosme is the best offensive lineman? And if you say that, what makes him special? Oh, hands down. And, I mean, I think it's just it's more so about consistency uh, than anything else. You know, Sam is, is one of those guys that when you turn on the tape, uh, you know, it's not to say that he never makes a mistake or gets beat, you know, off the line, but it's just he is, he's the he's the he's the guy that you know rep in rep out. You don't have to worry about uh, as much, and his his attitude and just his approach on the field and his intensity and and how much he wants to succeed kind of makes him uh, just kind of a, of a I don't want to say spiritual in like a religious way, but almost like a spiritual leader on that unit. So yeah, I think I think Sam Cosme is really the only position on that offensive line that you can just kind of solidify right now and say for 2024 we're good. Let's go ahead and, and focus on the other uh, positions as we need to. Where are we at with linebacker? Who's currently under contract, and do you expect the commanders to draft a linebacker in the upcoming draft? Yeah, uh, Jamin Davis is, is, you know, you have you have a couple of other, other young guys, developmental guys, features, contracts, stuff like that, but Jamin Davis is the only guy under contract that you can really say is, you know, most likely anyway going to be on the active roster. And again, as these, these coaches kind of, you know, dive into the player evaluations, anything can happen. But Dan Quinn did kind of go pretty in depth with us here at the combine about Jamin Davis and about, you know, studying him specifically from a pass rush tendency. And that's where I really expect Jamin Davis to benefit the most from uh, working with Joe Wood Jr. in this, you know, Dan Quinn defense and, and everything they like to do. They like to be more aggressive. And I feel like Jamin, just in the time in the NFL, has shown that his potential is best at, at the professional level as a pass rusher, a run fit guy versus trying to be a coverage guy. And if you go through the Cowboys' defenses of the last three years with Dan Quinn and Joe Wood Jr., typically they have one kind of primary rush linebacker, uh, who of course has been Michael Parsons, and then you got two other linebackers that predominantly get snaps, and both of those guys are ten- tend to lean more heavily towards the coverage part of the game. So if you look at a guy like Peyton Wilson out of NC State, uh, you know guys like that, they're they're kind of more suited for that coverage game, which allows Jamin Davis to kind of be that rush linebacker. Uh, in a system like this, if that is, of course, the approach that they decide to take. That's what I expect from them. Um, and then hearing, again, hearing Dan Quinn kind of go deep about Jamin Davis as a pass rusher, despite the fact that he had less than 70 pass rush reps last season, according to PFF, I think it's pretty significant uh, as, as far as how they plan to use him. David, expectations for running back. Do they high, Do they sign a free agent or draft somebody or both? Uh, potentially both, you know, absolutely. I mean, I think it just depends on where they want to spend. Um, I think, you know, now you have uh, right around $90 million in cap space uh, after the Charles Leno move is, is made officially official. And, you know, I don't I don't expect this team, especially in this first year, I think this first year is going to be uh, very largely kind of an evaluation year. They're going to keep the places they have some confidence in in place, but then you want to go through the 2024 season, have as much success as you ha- you can, but also – figure out who you were right about, figure out who you were wrong about, who else needs to be replaced that you didn't think maybe needed to be replaced. And I think you want to definitely have as many resources as possible. Um, so to do that, you need to save a little bit of that money. You know, you're going to spend a little bit, but I think from a $90 million, uh, cap evaluation, I think we're probably looking at no more than like $40 million in spending, and that might be a little bit on the rich side. 
Um, but, you know, you might go after uh, – I've kind of thrown out there, I like, I like Tony Pollard. I feel like he is a player coming off – not coming off right now, but has had a significant injury in his history, and I feel like he probably understands a little bit more uh, than some other guys who maybe are younger, a little bit hungrier from a personal standpoint that it's important to be in a one-two combination. Uh, so his skill set paired with Brian Robinson – would be really dangerous and I know you know commander fans don't like seeing Cowboys come over anything like that but I think that in that case maybe you can make an exception uh, if they don't go with a guy like that then certainly in the draft you could potentially look at uh, a guy who's maybe a little bit more on the scat back type of uh, type of side of things uh, compared to Brian Robinson but then you have Chris Rodriguez Jr. I think he proved a lot there at the end of the yeah. year so I think if you get one guy in there you definitely have a solid trio uh, to start with and then you just kind of fill out the back end of your depth chart for your practice squad and everything else. That's David Harrison, our guy. Follow him on social media at dharrison82. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, man. Yep, happy Friday. Enjoy your weekend. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. When we return, we'll tell you what the top sporting event of the weekend is. Hint, hint, it's going on six miles from where I'm at right now at the Robbins Center. It's game day coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from River City Roll here in Scott's Edition. Come on by Fridays and Saturday nights. There's live entertainment and music. Sunday brunch from 1030 to 3. Uh, I love the pizza. Last time I was here, I got the cheeseburger, the McDouble burger uh, with Gouda mac and cheese. It was terrific. The fries are good. My sister's obsessed with the loaded tater tots here. There's always good food at River City Roll and good times. Head there today. Tell them AWOD sent you. So I love to give a shout out to the places I've worked out in the past. That's why we love to have Lurch on and, and Drab and Valdez and the guys from the Sports Junkies. And when I was in school, I worked at Carytown Burgers and Fries here in Richmond. And so I was kind of heartbreaking this week telling the story about the second location catching on fire. Stub, it's just so disappointing how Carytown Burgers and Fries has fallen since the change of ownership. Yeah, I, I and truly fallen or, or burned down even. <laughs> right, yeah. And um, it'll it'll never be as cool as the location that it originally had, where it was kind of on its own island at the end of Carytown. Now they've kind of moved into what I believe used to be Nacho Mama's. Uh, but love Carytown Burgers and Fries, loved working there. When I was in high school, I worked at Quizdos. My dad always called it Quizmos. Oh, hey, well, Adam, are you going to Quizmos today? Bring me home a sub. I love the chicken sub. Blah, 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 blah. Well, Quizdos was hot when I was in high school. Everybody loved it. We always talked about in my friend circles that it was like the the more the upper class version of Subway. Really? Right? It was yeah, because it, the we always thought that the meat was better and the sauces were better and you know, you never got a foot long but you'd get an 11 inch sub or a 7 inch sub or a 4 inch sub. That was the three sizes and um you know, it was the 11 inch was actually more meat than you'd get on a foot long sub from Subway. So I've, I've always been this, a, yeah. a Quiznos supporter even before I worked there and then when I worked there loved the food and you know we used to eat it like crazy we'd make these little triangles that come with the salad put some ham and cheese on it throw it through the toaster the toaster is what made Quiznos I always thought better than Subway and I was reading an article that said Quiznos soared high and crashed hard can it make a comeback as Quiznos is back in the news yes Quiznos is back they're introducing two new Philly subs to menus in the U.S. and Canada. 
So that brings me to an impromptu dude food on the fan. Dude food. We're not responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? The most delicious food you've ever tasted. Yes! How can he piss off a flip flop? <laughs> he loves food. Dude food. So the issue with Quiznos is I was told, because I worked there, I was told from my manager about five or six years ago that they were no longer opening up new Quiznos. And so the managers had a choice to either sell and the lease on the lot would be turned into you know a Subway or another meat shop, or they could hold on for dear life. And so the Quiznos that I worked on, I worked for, actually changed locations, changed hands, and is no longer a Quiznos. And that's kind of why you were telling me, Sub, you haven't seen a Quiznos in a no, while. No, I've never been to a Quiznos either. Yeah. I, I'm, if, if it's coming back, I'd love to try it. Yeah, and so it's kind of only at locations right now, I believe, that have stuck around, uh, like in malls. There's one in an airport. I believe there's one actually at the... Uh, Union Station Market, uh, Union Station uh, train station in Washington, D.C. But here's the thing. So they've got a new queso Philly sub. It sounds Ooh. terrific. Yeah. Extra black Angus steak smothered in creamy queso blanco paired with sautéed peppers, onions, and zesty banana peppers. When okay. I worked there, the banana peppers were so good. They were way better than jalapenos and nestled between an arson bread of your choice. Um, and I think I think it's going to be great. And so I've always said that the meat was best at Quiznos compared to Subway. Like, if you want to bring in Firehouse Subs and some of those other, you know, sandwich shops, I'm sure you're going to outdo Quiznos. But Quiznos was always better in terms of steak or chicken than Subway because we would marinate it for Ooh, yeah. hours. That'll do right? it. And it was juicy. The steak was good before, but this sounds even better. The extra... We had black Angus steak. We didn't have extra black Angus steak. And we definitely didn't have creamy queso blanco when I worked there. It just That sounds amazing. And I think their breads are better than Subway, too. Here I am ten, 10 years later doing an infomercial for Quiznos. Never <laughs> thought this would happen. But I love Quiznos. As soon as I saw it was back in the noon, I was, news, I was like, yeah, we got to talk about the Q. Bring hey, back the enough. Q, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything you wanted to bring up on Dude Food today? Uh, nothing nothing of interest today. I still haven't tried out the Cheetza KFC. Maybe this weekend okay. will be my, my try. Yeah, what did you get for, for fast food this week? Because I know once a week you do fast food. Yeah, I, I, did, a, I did a bit of a Raisin Cane's. Uh, okay. So some chicken tenders. Subbed out the uh, coleslaw for another piece of bread. You got to do how it. Ma- how many times have you been to that new location twice. across from the diamond? Only twice. Only twice. Okay. <laughs> it sounded like it was like 14. No, already, no, no. But, <laughs> all right. All right, so every day on AWOD Radio, we spotlight the biggest sporting event of the night. And on Fridays, it's the biggest sporting events of the weekend here on Game Day. Every day on AWOD Radio is Game Day, home of the biggest sports fans in town at 910 The Fan. We'll spotlight the best sporting event of the day here on Game Day. Yeah, right back and I'm here. I got the whole team in here now. It's feeling like game day in this game day. We are the underdogs of the year. We ranking number one on the list. We put in overtime, so we ready for overtime at the clock. If it hits game day. The VCU Lady Rams have won four straight. And tomorrow, 1 p.m. at the Siegel Center is the support her game the stew trying to break the all-time record for attendance for a women's basketball game here at VCU 
that is going to be a ton of fun as there's going to be a lot of college hoops played on Saturday here in this area. So I'm going to – this is what I'm going to do, Stub, all right? Okay. So uh, I'm just going to explain my Saturday here on game day because all – the whole day will be game day. I'm waking up early, coming to the studio to do my Saturday show in Washington, D.C. on WJFK 106.7 The Fan where for three hours I'll talk commanders on game day and about the offseason, Josh Harris sitting in on meetings and why I believe Caleb Williams will be the quarterback of the future. All right, so that's number one. Then I'm going out to Nazi's block party. Then I'm sprinting over to the Siegel Center to watch VCU women's. Then I'm going to the Robin Center to see VCU men's. It's going to be a packed Saturday for AWOD. No Stub, days off. what are you going to watch, man? You know I got to watch them Hokies, those Lady Hokies taking on UVA. Anytime Tech faces UVA, I'm going to have a good time because we usually beat them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> certainly. And you want to bounce back win after the disappointing Absolutely, loss yeah. last night. That was game day on AWOD Radio. It's Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C. Game day. Game day.